You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and we've got some exciting news for you. Uh, if you haven't already heard, you probably don't have internet access because it's everywhere. Brian <laughs> Harson has been announced as Auburn's head coach. Uh, Jared, I want to get your, your initial reaction to this, uh, because I, I feel like for most people, this name even myself included, I, I may have heard his name once or twice, but obviously I feel like most people don't know too much about him. But I just wanted to get your first initial thoughts on, on this. Well, first off, let me address your initial comment. I, I think everybody has, even if it's AOL, they have internet now, right? Everybody's, <laughs> everybody's probably at least got some form of it. Um, I don't know his name. I didn't know his name until uh, somebody sent me the message that we had hired him. I do remember he was at Arkansas State after Gus was. And I remember Gus went to Arkansas State, got hired. And I remember their other coach after one year at Arkansas State got hired and went to Boise. I do remember that. And I remember thinking, man, Arkansas State can't keep a coach. So I remember (laughs) the moment that all that happened. I did not know that was him. And I think we played him while while I think he came to Auburn. um, Yeah, in the, I think, 2013 season. That was when uh, they came in. We, We beat them down. But, I mean, Hey, it's kind of interesting to see Gus play his old old team that uh, he was head coach of for just a year. Well, well, and it's just weird. You know it's got to be weird for him because he probably never thought – I'm sure when he came into that stadium, I'm sure all opposing coaches say, man, it'd be cool to coach here one day. Yeah. And, you know, here he is. Yeah, no, really. Uh, it's one of those – especially for a guy who's not in a Power 5 conference like Boise State, and the dream is to get that bigger and better job. And – I, I'm assuming guys like Brian Harson are looking for potentially, you know, prove yourself in a conference uh, like the Mountain West Conference and and see how they do before you get, uh, you know, potentially a bigger job offer in a Power Five school. And uh, I, I think it's definitely proven that he has uh, been able to win, which I think is one of the biggest marks, um, positive marks for him. Um, and I mean, he's had plenty of 10 plus one seasons, uh, the last two seasons, uh, they have not lost any conference games. So, um, I mean, they're competing with their conference. So it's uh, a little different, uh, than, you know, facing an SEC opponent, but it's kind of like, to me, it, it definitely shows that at their talent level, which, you know, where Boise state is, they're competing well with the talent pool that they have. And so for that, it's kind of showing to me that he's able to uh, get the guys in, bring them, develop them and get them into a good system, uh, which I mean, Brian Harson definitely seems like he's uh, been able to do that uh, wherever he's gone. What's his overall record at Boise state? It's like 
69 and uh, 17 or something like that. Yeah, I think it was 78% clip that he was winning. Yeah. So, I mean, that's to me, if you're winning that many already, it's a good sign that you're uh, obviously showing that you can win where you're at. But he stayed there for 2014 through 2020. And uh, most of the time had a pretty solid season. Um, so it is Boise State, but obviously he's able to do stuff there. Um, Jared, I did want to talk about a couple things um, related to this because <laughs> as you and all of the other Auburn fans, it's been uh, the last nine days have been such an up and down, uh, you know, everything, uh, emotions, uh, wanting a guy. And then the guy saying, no, I don't want your, uh, your offer. And just over and over almost every day, it seemed like there was a new guy thrown in. Uh, and now we finally get our guy, but I want to ask you the question, does this hire of Brian Harson uh, get you more excited? Uh, do you like this hire more than the other names that were thrown around? Um, I don't know enough about him. I'm, I want to be fair. I really do. And it's nothing against him. Um, no, it doesn't get me excited. No, but I, you know, I told, I've talked to many people over the past eight days and essentially there were only a few names that would have gotten me excited anyways. And people have asked me, well, um, you know, was, was it worth the move? And we'll, I'll let you talk about that too, AJ. Was it, you know, was this worth, you know, letting go of Gus? Um, I don't know. I think we probably won't know for a year, maybe two down the road. It doesn't appear so right now. If you ask me, okay, forget what could happen. Does this appear? No, it doesn't appear. It's not a splash <clears throat> higher. Um, you know, to me, when you look at our deficiencies, which is O-line and not really deficiency in recruiting until this year, we've been able, but this year, but now we're going up against, I mean, A&M starting to look good. So we need to be able to recruit. Mario Cristobal, those are the two things he's known for, offensive line and recruiting. I liked him. I thought that would have been a great hire. Lane Kiffin, you saw what he did against Alabama this year and has become an offensive league. He mm -hmm. kind of excited me. Outside of that, there wasn't really anybody that was feasible that we could have got. Um, I mean, if you're talking you could get Dabo, yeah, that would excite <laughs> me, but that's not happening. So the ones you could possibly get, those were the two. So this may be a – we may look back five years from now and say that was the greatest decision you could have made, and it absolutely was worth letting go of Gus. But today, probably not. What do you think? I do like the hire. I, I don't I, – I was a big Mario Cristobal fan for most of this until he got the raise um, in this contract extension at Oregon. So as soon as he was off the plate, I was thinking, who do we go after? I had a feeling it was going to be you know up-and-coming offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. I would have preferred offensive, uh, which, I mean, Brian Harson has been an offensive-minded uh, – I'm not going to say genius. Like uh, I don't think it's genius level. Like We kind of put, I feel like, Gus on a pedestal of uh, he was a offensive guru or something. But he knows how to run an offense. He's efficient at running an offense, which I think is a good thing to have, especially with the deficiencies that we have had at Auburn over the last few years. Um, so from that perspective, I like the hire because he he goes and gets an offense moving. He gets them going down the field and scoring points. Um, if you go look at their stats, the, the number of yards, especially in this last year, weren't all that impressive. I mean – 
they they were uh, 98th in total offense. So that's not great by any means, especially since there weren't that many teams out there. But what they were really good at is scoring points. They were actually 28th in all of college football, um, scoring it an average of 28.8 points per game. So you kind of look at that and you're thinking 98 total offense, but also 28th in scoring points. And I think that's the efficiency of his offense. And I am hoping that is something that he brings to Auburn because how many times, (laughs) how many times, Jared, this last season alone, have you said, oh, we're going to be in the red zone. We're going to get stopped. Like you just think it. Um, It seems like it's almost every time we go into the red zone, unless we have, I don't know, a crazy catch in the end zone or something. It feels like our best shot is uh, scoring from the 22 yard line. Once we get inside 20, it's like, our offense can't score points except for field goals. Um, and so I hope that uh, transitions over to uh, what Auburn is able to do on offense um, over the next few years. What what I view it as, I'm sitting here thinking while you're talking, I think this guy has the potential to maintain. Uh, well, I'll, let, me, let me rephrase that. I think he probably will maintain what we have. Um, okay. I, I think you'll come in and probably, at least for the first few years, while you still have Bo Nix, you know, Tank, um, I think you'll at least probably be able to keep what we have. Can he take us to the next level? Because that's the only reason you let rid of, you let go of Gus, right? I mean, otherwise, yeah. Gus could have maintained. Yeah, um, you skip to the next level, beat your opponents, uh, the big rivals uh, when Gus was struggling against that, especially away from Jordan-Hare. So, yes. Can he do I that? Agree. I don't know. And that's the big question mark. But here's the reality. I know I said I liked Cristobal. I don't know if Cristobal would have done it. There's very few people out there who you absolutely could say would do it. Think about Michigan. They hired Jim Harbaugh. Even I thought, man, that is a slam dunk hire. Mm -hmm. Brian Kelly, UCLA, slam dunk hire. Or Chip Kelly, sorry, UCLA, slam dunk hire. Yeah. And look at that. I mean, UCLA is probably going to get rid of him. And, you know, Harbaugh is basically – I don't know what they're doing in Michigan. He's, but. he's on a hot seat, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, basically it's in his court. It's, I think he either signs a deal for less money or he, or he leaves. So I don't know what he's going to do. But you just don't ever know. Um, look, the absolute guarantees out there are Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Dabo, and that's probably it. I mean, you can't even say Kirby. I mean, Kirby's building a recruiting machine, but yeah. I mean, they haven't won a championship. They didn't win the East this year. Um There's no guarantees. And so I've been frustrated through this whole process. There's no doubt about it. But um, we hired a guy with at least experience and success, and you said it best, success at the level he's been at. Yeah. And, I mean, when you're you're at the level, like I have a couple coworkers that live up in Idaho, and they're big Boise State fans, and they talk about they are able to do a lot with the two and three, maybe a four star here and there, but they're not getting those five stars because they're Boise state. They're not a power five school. And because of that, they, they transition their offenses to play how, um, how the, the players and the talent is there. So it's, and that's another thing that I've, I've heard about, uh, Brian Harson has been his offenses kind of morph here and there to be what, the defense's weakness is. So if a defense's weakness is running the ball, guess what we're going to be doing that week? Running the ball. 
what are we going to be doing against a team that is bad against the pass, passing the ball more, uh, having options for runs here and there. But it's, it's kind of an interesting concept that I, I don't think you can probably put Brian Harson's offense in this like little bubble of, Oh yeah, he's a pro style. Oh, he's a spread offense. You can't, really do that he's a mixture as, of a few different things it was listed on the internet as multiple multiple instead of spread not spread not pro but multiple um i think coastal carolina runs a similar um, multiple it's it's essentially what you said um they are flexible enough to adapt um yeah. game plan wise that you know and let's be honest and all coaches do it this is not good but yeah. we only care about Auburn. Gus would get pretty stubborn. I mean, he would run the same plays no matter who he was playing, no matter what was going on, um, you know, until the fans were like, hey, at least try a slant route or something, and then eventually <laughs> he would do it. But uh, let me ask you a question real quick, because I've thought about this, and I heard somebody else mention it on another podcast. You know, we're, we're losing one-on-one battles with Georgia and Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. I could explain why that's po- probably happening, but we'll keep it, uh, we'll keep it clean. Uh, we're losing one-on-one battles. Um, what if we ventured out and we went to Iowa and we went to Nebraska and we went to other places to get offensive linemen where you're not competing with them? This guy may have connections in those places. Mm-hmm. Now, well, we need him to absolutely have his base in the South, but if you want to go get some offensive linemen and stuff like that, it might be a good idea that he's had to go recruit in other areas where maybe your Alabamas and Georgias aren't wasting their time. No, that's a very good point. And, I mean, he played football at Boise State. He's uh, very conscious and aware of what is going on in his area. And if we can go out there and steal a few guys here and there um, with his connections, I would absolutely love that, especially offensive line where that's been one of our big deficiencies where we're competing against the bigger names down here in the SEC. Who has some of the better tight ends and offensive linemen every year? It's Iowa. Well, he mm-hmm. can probably, I know that's not the same state, but he can probably go compete against. You get your skill players in your Florida, Georgia, uh, Texas, and then you make and go grab some offensive linemen with some coaching connections he has out there. And they are known, uh, AJ, unless you read differently, I, I, I've read that he is very well known for being solid on the line. His offensive and defensive lines is, is essentially how he's winning ball games. Yeah. Yeah, and that that always excites me, especially thinking back to when I was growing up watching the SEC. Whoever had the better offensive and defensive lines in a game were going to win the game. It's the battle up front. Um, and I feel like that bleeds over into other aspects of the game, not just offensive and defensive lines. Um, so that part excites me for sure. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm – okay, let's, let's talk about since you kind of brought up recruiting. Let's – Talk through how that's going to look because <laughs> we, we haven't even mentioned this. He's not an Auburn guy. He's he's never coached or been on staff at Auburn, never recruited in the SEC because he doesn't have to. He's never been down here to coach. Of course, he's been in Arkansas. So how does he come down here and uh, get the guys, you know, our recruiting circle of you know Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Florida, Georgia, you know, that, that kind of region where we've typically gotten a lot of our recruits, how does he transition to getting those guys and consistently getting those guys? Because that feeds into the pipeline of, uh, your, your players. How do you think he, he comes and does that, um, down here at Auburn? I don't know 
I don't know. I I think that it's really going to depend on does he keep some of the guys on staff and turn you know it's T, I think T Will's recruiting coordinator. Does he keep T Will on staff and rely on him <laughs> rely on him for the introductions to because it's to me it's all about relationships with these head coaches at these high schools. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to come in and build those from scratch unless he has somebody that already can kind of introduce him. I mean, just saying you're the head coach at Auburn is going to get you at least a phone call. Um, but you want to build those relationships. To, <clears throat> it was There were rumors that our recruiting game plan in the past had been kind of scattered. Not everybody was on the same page. It, you know, he needs to absolutely get everybody on the same page. Um, that, that's number one. Have a plan. Make sure everybody's aware of the plan. Stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be tough. I mean, he's not from down here, so he's going to need help. Yeah. And my, my immediate thought is if uh, he can keep some of the assistants, some of the staff uh, who have already developed those friendships and relationships with the high school coaches, with the players that they're recruiting for the 2021-2022 class, you know, that kind of stuff, and that – goes into you know that transition of getting uh brian harson and his uh, guys i'm sure he's going to bring in some experience with the uh, the connections that are around here in the south so once you kind of make that transition uh either you can obviously keep the guys on like you know the two wills of the world or and maybe at that point you feel confident enough with the recruiting pipeline that you you just say I'm bringing all my guys. I'm bringing all my uh, trusted assistants that I'm going to bring. But I don't think you do that initially. Now I may be shocked. I may over the next few days we may be wrong about that, and he just cleans house. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think the the guys, you know, the Auburn players right now currently like the coaches, you know, more or less that they have. Um, so you know, keep some semblance of that. Um, I think would be probably the right step forward. Um, now, obviously we'll see if that actually happens or if they just say, no, we're going to, we're going to do our own thing. We're going to bring in all of our new guys um, from where he's been at previously. Well, and you know, listen, the, these guys, I mean, he went up to Boise and won, you know, from Arkansas, although he's from Boise, but he, you know, he had not been back in a while probably. So he'll make it work. Uh, D- D- is it Demetrius Davis? Who's our uh, quarterback recruit for next year? Yeah, Demetrius Davis. Uh-huh. Demetrius yeah. Davis. He he apparently just tweeted sixty nine and nineteen. He's a, he's a winner, so I'm ready for him. Mm. He, that was his tweet of approval. So that's that's, that's all cool. I've seen so far. But, well, um, and I, I know a lot of the extra recruits. I, I'm curious to see, and this will probably come out over the next few days <clears> of where they're at that didn't sign in this early signing period but decided to hold off uh, their signing based on who the new head coach was going to be. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they say. But if you've got guys that I I believe probably Demetrius Davis is going to be a leader on the team uh, and next year, you know, two, three years down the road when he's, you know, maybe hypothetically running the offense and he's already hyping up the other uh, recruits out there to, hey, come on. This this guy's awesome. He's going to be a great guy to to play under. Um, if that's the case, I, I think we've got a a good shot at keeping a lot of those guys that were kind of on the fence and didn't do the the early signing period. Hey Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. 
Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. And I wanted to hit on something else real quick uh, about uh, uh, Brian because you're like, all right, so we know he played at Boise State. You know, what does that mean? Well, while at Boise State, these are some teams he beat. Uh, they were considered Power Five. I'm not sure UConn was in 2014, but he beat UConn that year and number 12 Arizona. 2015, he beat Washington and Virginia. 2016, okay. he beat Washington State and Oregon State, two Pac-12 mm-hmm. teams. 2017, he beat Oregon. Um, hmm. 2018, he beat UConn again, and 2019, he beat Florida State. So, I would say the big names on there are Washington, Washington State, Oregon, and Florida State. Now, they weren't probably all at their peak at that time um but he's going up against you know schools that have a lot more resources yeah and a lot more uh you know options for talent um so yeah I, you know that's at least promising yeah no i definitely think so when you when you throw out some of those names i was thinking well you mentioned oregon that's mario cristobal he was there um when obviously brian harson beat him so i don't know what that says was oregon having a down year i'm not 100 percent sure about that but Hey, you beat him. I feel like that says something, especially since I'm sure their talent level was not up to what Oregon, Oregon's talent level was. Um, something else I wanted to talk about, which I, I think is kind of interesting. Um, uh, besides him not having the Auburn connections, like we were talking about that we've typically gone to, um, when we've hired coaches, um, he does have some good, uh, quarterback, uh, I don't know, the quarterback whisper kind of talk going on. Uh, but because he was a quarterback at Boise State, he's got the mentality of a quarterback and knows how to coach quarterbacks. Um, I'm trying to remember. It was Kellen uh, something or another. Kellen um, Mond? It wasn't Kellen Mond. It was uh, – okay. let's see if I can find it real quick. Um, the, there was a Kellen that I'm just blanking on right now um, at Boise State, and he was one of the better quarterbacks for Boise State. Um and that was under uh, oh, did you, Brian Harson. Yeah, I'm sorry. Kellen Mond is a A&M guy. I was like, that is him. No, no, you're talking about uh, this guy. guy you're talking about is the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator now, I think. Mm. Um, I can't think of his name either. Let me look at that. 
Look, while you're looking that up, look at the Dallas Cowboys offense coordinator. I, I know yeah, people were doing this on the fly, kind of. This just broke. Yeah. <laughs> so I do want to tell. Um, uh, I will say Auburn undercover. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. That's it. Is he the Dallas Cowboys offense coordinator? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Offensive coordinator. All right. So real quick, uh, Auburn undercover uh, put something out, and they were talking about they ask. Uh, they were asking somebody out in that area what kind of recruiter he is. And they said he's probably the best uh, his best head coach recruiter in the Mountain West. He was able to beat out, consistently beat out Pac-12 teams for recruits. Hmm. And it says something about he was the first to offer Zach Wilson uh, before BYU came in. I think Zach Wilson, the stud at BYU. Um, I think he's yeah. the stud at BYU this year. So they said he was a fantastic evaluator of talent. He had been on Zach Wilson for a long time, and then BYU came in and got him. I mean, but hey, he he's he evaluated the talent offered the guy, and it sounded like probably at least considered coming. Um, yeah, he was a, so. he was going to go to Boise until I think BYU came in. So yeah, I mean he he was on the guy. He knew he was going to be a good quarterback. Yeah, so that that's a good sign, and and that part excites me about Bo Nix. And uh, I'm not going to say a complete drop off by any means, but you know the the lack of a jump that we saw from freshman year Bonex to sophomore year Bonex is seeing what Brian Harson does um, with quarterbacks. Um, so I don't know. That's something to definitely keep an eye on for the next year is how uh, that relationship of Bonex and the, uh, and pretty much the offense and Brian Harson uh, go together and see how that works. Can I throw one more stat at you? Go for it. I know we're kind of all over the place here, but CBS just put an article out that says, Harson is known for a system that puts an emphasis on physically uh, physicality along both lines of scrimmage and a creative offensive scheme out of the spread. His system has produced 3,000-yard passers in four of his first six seasons. Wow. I mean, that's that's something that I feel like we more or less dream about, is having a quarterback that's that efficient. That would be neat to see. Yes. Um yeah. So, anyways, I thought it, and it does go on to say, if their starter had not gotten uh, injured last season, it would have been five out of six years, three thousand yard wow. passer. So, anyways, just Pretty throwing cool. some, just throwing some stuff out there. Cool. Um, another thing that I just wanted to talk about is, okay, so we've talked about Brian Harson a good bit, some of his background, but do you think we end up keeping Kevin Steele, the other staff around him? Do you think we end up doing that, or do we go clean house? Um, I don't know. Um, I guess it really depends. I'm not going to go into them. I don't know if they were rumors. But there were some rumors. I guess it depends on if that's true or not. Um, I, I want to believe they're not. Um, so I, I like Kevin Steele. Um, I mean, somebody was talking about the job he's done in, in the new college football era when even good defense coordinators are still giving up 40 and 50 points a game with yep, a ton sure. of talent. So. Still has been able to do a good job there. Uh, you know, you want to hold on to the – you know, we want to pick and choose. We were struggling on offense, so we needed to fix that. We want to hold on to the defensive pieces because they were working pretty good. But I don't know. The new head coach, if he's given autonomy to do what he wants to, then it's going to be interesting. I, I just can't say. I, I would hate to lose T-Wheel. Um, Still's getting old, but, you know, he's done a great job. But T-Wheel is so young and, and just energetic recruiting – uh, guru so I would hate to lose that and on the offensive side I'd hate to lose Carnell um, mm-hmm. you know I just uh he was I think he was a big part of getting Tank in and Tank may be a generational style 
a player. So uh, that's my thoughts, which is uh, really not a thought. But how about you? I I'm I'm thinking they keep a few of those keep key uh, guys that have proved that they can coach in their respective assistant roles. Uh, I I think there's going to be definitely positions like I think probably Chad Morris is probably going to be gone. Uh, Brian Harson is going to bring in his offensive coordinator and do his system uh, because I don't think those systems really mesh all that well. Uh, but I may be wrong. I mean that that could be wrong. But I, I think there's going to be positions like that that are coaching positions that don't necessarily mesh well with what Brian Harson wants to do, and that will be some change. Um, so I think it will be a blend of both. Uh, but I, I feel like there's still going to be some key players. Like it would not shock me, even though with all the Kevin Steele stuff going on that we, I think we probably keep him, but I don't know for certain on that. Obviously that's just my gut. Um, thinking that Kevin Steele is going to be around, um, at least for next year. Well, let's be fair too. I mean, there's a, there was a lot of rumors going around, but they they're just that they're rumors at this point. So you know, I mean, if, if that may be something that does work out, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I how do you think we'll find that out? I guess we'll um, do they make announcements on on assistant coaches or, or I don't know how uh, that works. They typically do. Yeah, it, it, usually like press briefings go out. Um, so we'll probably hear about especially all the staff changes because they have to fire the guy before they hire the new one. So uh, it may all come out one day that Auburn's let go, you know, five of their assistants, but kept, you know, 10 of their assistants, you know, something like that. Um, You know what I am disappointed in? I mean, I was getting reports of planes going to Mississippi and Indiana, and (laughs) I never saw a plane going to to, uh, Boise. So I'm disappointed in Twitter. They let us down on that, AJ. Man, man, they were not watching close enough. Boise, it, darn. Somebody was joking. It, I was listening to a podcast, and the guy said it, uh, there was one that went to Indiana, and they were talking, are they going to talk to Indiana's coach, who has a $25 million buyout, by the way? And uh, <laughs> the guy on the podcast said that was his boss. It was a different kind of trip, but it was funny. People are tracking where everybody's going. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I looked at Brian Harson's buyout at Boise. It is 10 times less than what you were just talking about, the Indiana head coach. Brian Harson's is two hundred fifty thousand, which I mean, that's crazy. Is man. a significant amount, but it's not like twenty one million that's, like Gus's was. Man, that that should be that's a lot of money to me. That is such chump change in in this right. profession. I mean, I, I it, that right there tells you that um, they thought a lot of Harson, and they basically gave Harson whatever he wanted because they knew they couldn't keep him forever, and he wouldn't yeah. have gone there with a big buyout. So yeah. Very interesting. Um, I kind of wanted to talk a couple uh, little things before we go. Um, I know we're, we're obviously focused on his, how he play or, you know, how his players play and how his teams do overall. That's one of the main key things, but I feel like you also have to have what we, you know, title an Auburn man. Um, and you know, put in there, whatever you will. Um, usually, you know, a guy of good character, um, is a family man likes to build relationships with players. You know, that kind of stuff um, is definitely in line with Brian Harson. So I, I want to see that in action once he comes down here and really starts to develop those uh, relationships with his players, with the players, parents, you know, all that stuff that goes into uh, getting the guys to 
to play hard for you on the field, which I think Gus did a really good job of. Um, and so continuing that on, I feel like for a lot of these players is going to be key. Um, they're going to expect it out of the next guy. So I, 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 from what I've read, Brian Harson kind of fits into that, uh, that Auburn man kind of thing. Now it's obviously he's not lived down here fitting into the culture, maybe a little bit different, but I, I think from what I've heard so far, it's, it's moving in the right direction of him fitting in. Um, so it's not like a, <laughs> I mean, we think about our uh, previous uh, Auburn president, uh, Stephen Leith, and I feel like guys like him just didn't fit in. Um, just didn't fit in with the Auburn mantra, the Auburn man, and that's why they didn't work out. So it sounds like he, he could be a good fit for that. What do you think uh, six months to a year in, what, what's going to be his favorite uh, chicken finger joint down in Auburn? Ooh, I mean, I'm going to be rooting for Fusaklis, but... I hear that a lot. I've never, I've never, are they only in Auburn? I've never had those. Uh, they, they're mobile based. Okay. Um, but they've moved, uh, kind of spread out a little bit. It sounds like they've gone to like college towns like Auburn. So yeah, definitely tried it. Sweet, sweet tea and chicken finger places. That's, that's what you coach. If you're listening, that's what you got to get used to. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Jared, I, I just wanted to talk for this last little thing. Um, so when we were thinking about Brian Harson, he's a sounds like a winning coach, uh, and you know, kind of fits the Auburn mold. Um, what do you think we should kind of expect out of this next year? When I'm just thinking about this from Gus's perspective, he was kind of set up like this could be a really good year. What do you kind of right now? It's day one, I know. And we haven't seen anything else, but what do you think Auburn should expect um, for this next year when he is the head coach? Do you have any record predictions or anything like that? Um, man, that's so tough. I, you know, I think it's I think it's all Gus or this guy. I think he's set up real good to be next year. Um, I mean, you got Bo's going to be a third year quarterback. Tank. Uh, the only problem is you're probably going to lose Seth. You can't mm-hmm. keep up with what Flash is doing on Twitter. He's so cryptic, so I have no idea what <laughs> Schwartz is going to do. Um, but uh, let's say, let's assume you keep Schwartz. Um, you know, you're going to have some weapons, and really your toughest games are going to be at home uh, other than LSU. They have their own problems. Um, that's a winnable game. I don't know. I, I would say next year, oh, I can't put a number on it, man. I think it actually could be a pretty good year, probably a pretty good first two years for him. Then it's going to decide, all right, can can he bring in his own recruits? Because I think, Gus, while I know we didn't have a great class this year, numbers-wise, the players we got had were pretty high-level stars. Um, and unless people jump ship with this new year waiver transfer, he's going to come in with a with a pretty decent team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I think he from, could have from, a good year. Yeah, I mean, I think from the talent level and the schedule setting itself up for – Georgia and Bama coming to Jordan Hare this year or for, you know, the 2021 year, this will be a very interesting thing. Uh, now I'm not going to expect, I mean, I'm not going to just be like, he's got to win Georgia and Bama. I don't think that that should be a, you know, something thrown on a guy his first year when he doesn't have his guys in there. Um, so, but I do expect him to kind of, uh, I don't know, be like a seven and five or eight and four kind of season. 
um, maybe better. I mean, honestly, it could be better. Um, it could be closer to the nine and three kind of season. Um, I mean, that's just my gut feeling right now. And as, as we hear things, as, uh, he picks his assistant coaches, um, we'll, we'll probably have a better picture of how this will look. Um, so I don't know. Just my first thought on that. And, Penn State's uh, going to be tough. I forgot. We, I think we have Penn State week two. That's going to be difficult. Um, mm-hmm. we, we at least do get Akron to open up the season, I think, unless I'm getting this wrong. But anyways, you know, um, who knows? But he's definitely the, the cupboard was not bare. There is talent there. If he can bring in a couple of more, we got the Harvard transfer offensive lineman. Maybe he can bring some guys from Boise in that area. Uh, we need some immediate help on O line. Um, that's really our only deficiency right now. You could say D line, but I think they were just young. Uh, you yeah. fill that O line void, sky's the limit, in my opinion, honestly. Yeah, I think so too. Once you get the offensive line, I mean, I think that that was the issue this last year and your previous was, that was Bo, Gus's deal. Bo was running for his life. Yeah, that was Gus's deal, and I'm not harping on Gus. Uh, I really did like the guy a lot, but yeah, the, if for whatever reason. That O-line kept being an issue the past three years. And um, you fill that up, we got the skill players. Yeah. I mean, you get, that's that's the exciting part. We got the skill players, just the the you know the big uglies, as they call them, uh, on the offensive line. If they if you can figure out that, uh, get a consistent offensive line, you got some, you got some potential for uh, getting a really good season together. Yep, I agree. Um, Jared, any other final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, I mean, not, uh, what do you think overall? If you're going to go A, B, C, D, you know, what what would you like grading them? Yeah, what would you grade? What would you grade this higher? I mean, uh, the first thought is I don't think it's the the you know home run hire like we were really hoping, but it's not a fail of a hire. It's not a somebody who hasn't proved themselves in their own conference. So I don't know. I'm thinking like a B kind of range. Like it probably grades out as a B. I think that's fair. You know what I'm thinking about it right now? I, I said B, and I'm going to stick with it. it. It wasn't an A, I don't think, but he's got way more experience than Gus did when we hired him as a head coach. Um, no, that's so true. I mean. And Gus panned out pretty well. I mean, look, we all we all got our stories about Gus and our feelings and stuff, but at the end of the day, I think Gus raised the floor for us without a doubt. I think our floor now is um, coaches really shouldn't lose more than, you know, it really, four game loss should be a bad season for us now. Yeah, um, I know Gus did that a lot, but it, uh, you know, your SEC championship game loss, bowl game loss, but in the season it was pretty good. So, I think he raised the floor. So, um, I think this guy could come in and benefit from everything Gus did. I think he is quality enough to do that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely hope you're right about that. Uh, it seems like it down on paper. He's able to do it, and the conferences he's coached in before, and uh, the level of talent he's been able to get. And uh, I'm curious to see now with the uh, level of talent that the SEC brings, and what Auburn has, and will bring in, if that'll be enough to get us to that next level, which is really what we're we're hoping for, um, is to get from. You know, solid nine and three kind of season, ten and two every once in a while, and then making a run for it for a championship, uh, but maybe getting that to that next tier of uh, of schools. Uh, Jared, before we get out of here, uh, how can people stay in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under my name, uh, Jared David, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at a j a y j a y underscore. 
it's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?